Oh, hi ho officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we were minding our own business, just doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. Well, were they psychos? Or... They look like psychos? Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. So 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out. The sharks took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Well, what do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Welcome back to Death Rattle Horror Podcast. We are your mistresses of the macabre, your darlings of darkness, and we're here to guide you into the depths. Tonight, myself and Samara Morgan are going to be discussing our top five favorite horror films of the year. Hi, Samara. Hi. So, I don't know if you agree, but I thought it was a really strong year for horror. Um... I actually had a hard time narrowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that there were a lot of movies that I hadn't seen yet that I completely had thought that I had seen. So there were some things that I was just kind of like, how did I not, how did I miss this? So it was, it was interesting when I was looking back at the releases for the year and I was like, I don't know how I didn't go see that. Uh, what else, what are you still looking forward to? Um, I'm actually really looking forward to Suspiria. It's one of my all-time favorite movies in general, so I'm dying to see the, the remake of it. And uh, unfortunately, around here, the closest place that it came to me was almost an hour away. And I love the movie, but I don't love it that much. So so I'll just wait for it to be on Amazon or whatever, and I'll grab it then. Um, The other movie that I was dying for was Anna and the Apocalypse, and that was the same thing. It never came close to me. It was such a limited release, I never got to see it. And I was just, that movie looked so freaking fun that I was dying to see it. And again, it never came anywhere close to me. Yeah, um, I've been, I heard about that movie like almost a year ago, (laughs) and I've been waiting for it ever since, so I'm psyched for that, I'm psyched for Overlord, um, I don't really have a good excuse because it's in my local theater, I, (laughs) I just rarely go to the movies because, you know, it's expensive and Mm. uncomfortable, um, I only went to the movies one time this year, that was Halloween, and that was very disappointing, so. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh yeah, we yeah. had this conversation. Never mind. I forgot. Yeah, we can we can discuss our uh, disappointments of the year at the end. Yeah. All right. So let's see. I will start with the most obvious choice, and that is Hereditary, which you just told me you for somehow did not see. <laughs> see exactly. I I don't. I honestly don't know, and I'm gonna totally just. When it came out, because um, that came out right in October, right? That was like a, was that a Halloween or was that earlier? Hereditary? Yeah. Uh, it came out like June. June. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was like, for some reason I thought that was the one that came out during Halloween that I was like, yep, not gonna be able to see that. Um, I honestly don't even know why I never went to go see it. I think it was one of those, it was so hyped that I was like, all right, I'm going to wait till a few of my favorite horror podcasts kind of review it. 
and then I'll see what they say and go from there. And every single podcast that I listened to, with the exception of one, was basically like, this is the most amazing movie in the world. You guys have to go see it. it. Even the normies like it. They think it's great. You know, the horror fans love it. The normies love it. Let's just, you got to go see it. And then there was one podcast that was like, eh. So I was like, Weird. Uh, yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I want to go see this or not. So I was kind of like, you know, and then by the time I made up my mind to go see it, it was already out of the theater. So I was like, all right. I picked it up on DVD at Walmart when I was at Walmart one day and I saw it. So I actually can watch it whenever I damn well please because I own it. <laughs> still have yet to watch it. <laughs> but it's one of those movies. It's actually, it's on my list and it, it's number two on my list. So, and, but it's one of those, it, and even without seeing it, because I, like I said, all of the podcasts that I listen to, I tend to, I actually tend to have the opposite reaction to everything that they watch. They all love it and I hate it. But this one, uh-huh. everything that they described, I was like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. And one of one of the podcasts I listened to went, like, in-depth, plot point by plot point. So, like, I, I'm not a, I don't really care about spoilers. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my god, you spoiled it. I don't really give a shit. So, I was just like, whatever, I'll listen. And it, it, it got to the point where I was like, alright, this is cool. <laughs> I think right, yeah. I'm really liking this, so. Uh, I'm just curious, what was the podcast that didn't like it? I honestly couldn't tell you right now. <laughs> oh, okay. I'd have to look up all my podcasts and find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty much everyone I know that's seen it has loved it, it. except yeah. for my, uh, I recommended it to my brother and he just hated it. I was like, what is wrong with you? Hmm. I thought, you know what? I lied to you a couple minutes ago because I actually saw it in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on opening day. Actually, I convinced one of my, um, well, a former friend of mine who is not big into horror to see it with me. And, mm-hmm. uh, she thought it was like kind of stupid, I guess, but mm-hmm. she's also not an intelligent person. So I didn't really, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really take her opinion very, you know, and I didn't it, really it, take it into account. It kind of is one of those movies too, from, from, like I said, everything that I've heard that you, it, it's, you know, they have, what did they call it? The, um, prestige horror i think is what everybody was calling it and yeah um i i definitely think that there's a level like get out is definitely on that same level and it's a psychological thriller that is a horror movie that appeals to not just horror fans and i think this was trying to get there and it really just kind of like went a little bit too towards the not general audience when it came to certain things and I think yeah. it just kind of went a little bit out there. And once you hit that little bit out there, it was kind of like, yeah, we've lost all the normal people. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so. you know, I can almost, I can almost understand why some people wouldn't like Hereditary because if you're not really into horror, but you think that you're going to see a horror film, but then yeah. for the first like hour, it's like kind of a family drama. Yeah. You'd probably be like, what, what the hell am I watching? Like, is this the right movie? Um, but I was totally... I don't know. It was like one of those weird movies I sort of had to digest. Mm-hmm. Like I watched it and I was like really tense the entire movie. I was nervous. I'm pretty sure I screamed at one point <laughs> in the so movie theater. I, I can even tell you probably I know exactly what point you screamed at. <laughs> oh, do tell. I, I think it was the decapitation that you screamed at. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, was it? it was actually a totally different spot, which... Whoa. I won't even tell you it because I doubt they even revealed, I doubt they even have discussed this on anything. It was a really small part that wasn't even actually that scary. Okay. It, 
I was just so tense that it was like, it startled me that I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm just known for doing that. Like, I've screamed in, not like full, full-fledged scream, but I definitely like, sh- did a little shriek in um, many movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it, it, to me, I, I, I view that as a good movie. If you can give me a jump scare or make me just kind of go, Whoo, okay. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh, you got me. You get points. You got me. Because I just, you have probably had the same problem too, where you've watched so many horror movies, you know where the tension is leading. And you know, yeah. based on the framing of the shot as to what you're supposed to be looking at. So, you know, there's like, there, I, whoa, I think it was the third Insidious or something that most recently came out. And um, there was this one shot that was framed where the girl was on the bed and she's trying to look under the bed and the, the guy comes from the top of the bed, like from her ceiling and grabs her. So like that was one uh-huh. of those, even though they spoiled that in the freaking te- in the trailer, which I was kind of pissed off about, but it was still okay. If you hadn't spoiled that, that would have been an amazing scare. So it's like right. stuff like that. I love when they do stuff like that and hereditary from, I always say whenever what everyone has told me, um, it, it based you know it just sounds like that's exactly what happens in that movie is that it's just you know you're looking left when you should be looking right because everything's going to come from over here. So exactly, yeah, it was one of the most unpredictable movies I've ever seen. I had absolutely no idea where it was going because mm-hmm. the way it was sort of set up was that. Um, you know, Charlie was going to be, like, the main character was mm-hmm. what I had expected, but it wasn't like that at all. Um, and so I had no idea where the movie was going, and it made me even more sort of anxious and really fun movie-going experience. And then mm-hmm. I I came home and, like, I read, like, five different, like, think pieces and um, kind of gave me even more of an appreciation for the movie, just kind of studying all the different things that had been set up in the first half that were, um, you know, rewarded in the second half, like tied together. Uh, it was a brilliant film. I mean, I think everybody, most everybody could agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I I don't think it was the full podcast. I think it was one person on the podcast because I went back and I was looking, looking through, through all of the podcasts that reviewed it. And I think it was like a group of five people and one person was kind of like, eh, you guys love it. I was just kind of meh. So. Oh, Okay. (laughs) You know, it's weird, like, as much as I love horror movies, I only listen to, like, two horror movie podcasts. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why. It's just weird. It's, it's the bulk, if you, it's funny, when you look at my list of, of podcasts, it's, you know, Devour the Podcast, Bloody Good Horror, uh, Beyond Your Nightmares, um, Alice Isn't Dead. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> it's Horror 101. Horror 101, honestly, is, like, one of my all-time favorite horror movie podcasts, and I am, would, they're like the one podcast that I'm like, I'm going to shout out Horror 101 because they are fucking awesome. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think part of it is that um, when they're like conversational, I want to yeah. be in the conversation, yeah. you know? Um, so it's kind of frustrating because I can't like write them an email responding to all of their points. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I've done that with Horror 101. That's one of the reasons I really like those guys. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because I've totally been, like, like, on their Facebook page, been like, well, to counter your point about X, X, Y, Z, and they're like, oh, I never thought of that. I'm like, and here's the conversation. <laughs> right. Um, I only listen to The Horror Show and Alone mm-hmm. in the Dark, which, uh, they're both very similar to this podcast, mm-hmm. I'd say, except that 
I would say we are a lot closer to Alone in the Dark because they do like horror topics and they do really unique topics. Like for um, Christmas, they did naughty, like 10 naughty characters and what we're going to give them for Christmas or something. And it was just a totally unique take. You know, obviously we did Stabby Santas, so mm. it's kind of like pretty obvious, but... They always do really unique shows, and um, it's just like two buddies, and uh, yeah, I just love listening to it because they, they're they like a generation, or not a generation, they're like 10 years older than me, so they've mm -hmm. got, you know, totally different uh, sort of experience growing up with horror movies, so it's a fun podcast. I recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> we should just do one podcast where we're like, these are all the podcasts I listen to, and you should listen to them as well. <laughs> Actually, on my uh, true crime podcast, I did a end of the year wrap up, and I talked about my five favorite new podcasts from this year. Ooh. So, I, yeah, and I had some people that were like, oh, thank you for the recommendations and stuff. And, you know, whenever there's a great podcast out there, I always want to get mm. more people listening to it. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the Legion Podcasts network. Almost every uh -huh. episode, almost every show that's on that network, I, I listen to. Um, and I, I call Devour the Podcast the gateway drug because I listened to that first, like four years ago, and then it got me into all of the rest of the podcasts that are on that network, and I haven't gone back since. <laughs> it is a drug. Is I'm it addicted. like? Is it? Is it all horror? It's not all horror. There's um they do like there's one called the Hero Hero Go Show, which is all about um <clears throat> uh, not anime but like kaiju and uh, like Godzilla movies and things like that. There's another one called Duncan and Bo Come Correct, and it's basically two guys that they talk about. Um, they they were doing movies originally, but now they're doing TV series. Like they did the entirety of Twin Peaks, oh, beginning wow. to end, including the movies and the audiobooks. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know it, what's it, weird? I've never seen Twin Peaks. <laughs> you know, it, I had never seen Twin Peaks until this year. And um, I, you know what? I'm going to add that to my list, goddammit, because technically, even though it was a miniseries, it was a movie series. Um, the, well, uh, yeah, there was, wasn't there like a linking movie, Firewalk yeah, With Me? Yeah, yeah. And like this year, this year, the, the new TV series came out and it was definitely, it was, it, it's an 18 hour movie. It's, it's insane. Wow. Um, but I had never seen it. And my husband was like, oh, come on. Seriously, you of all people have never seen Twin Peaks. And it was just not in my wheelhouse. It was a, it was a nighttime, you know, soap opera. So I just never thought to watch it. And he was like, come on, you got to watch it. So I watched the first, like, three or four episodes and never went back to it. And then when the new series was coming out this year, he was like, no, we have to watch it. So we sat down for, like, two weeks watched everything i watched every single episode of the show i watched the movie i read the uh diary of laura palmer the audio i've listened to the audiobook which i highly recommend if anyone is ever going to read that book listen to the audiobook it is so much creepier to hear it as opposed to read it like your imagination can only go so far when you're, you're reading it with your own eyes when you're listening to it your imagination just goes in 18 million different directions and there are certain things I do during the course of the day that was something that I was doing while I was listening to the audiobook. And I have, like, flashbacks of, like, the chapter that I was listening <laughs> to. And I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> I need to get that memory. I need to, like, wipe that memory out of my head. Um, yeah, but it, it's definitely, it's, it's not for everybody. And you have to take it with a grain of salt. Because 
first of all, it's David Lynch, so you have to take everything he does kind of with a grain of salt because he's just wacky yeah. in the first place. Um, but he was trying to make a thriller slash horror slash sci-fi parody of things like Dynasty and, you know, stuff like of, of the nighttime soap operas that were on in the 80s and the 90s. So it kind of has that feel to it. But then somebody turns around and has like half a face. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's interesting. And then lo- the lore behind it is really interesting as well. So it was, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's definitely, it's a, you want to talk about a rabbit hole? Twin Peaks is a freaking rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I will have to give it another shot someday. I know that it's uh, inspired by a true crime. So that's, you know, in my wheelhouse, of course. And I, um, I, like I said, I watched the first three episodes and then didn't go back to it for like two years. And it wasn't until my husband was basically like, no, seriously, just give it a chance. I'll sit with you and I will watch it. So if you have any questions about anything or anything doesn't make any sense, you can ask. Once I got through that third episode, I was like, oh, okay, now I'm into this. Now I kind of want to see where this goes and I want to see, you know, the true crime aspect of it. And it actually, it's funny because that coincided when I started listening to a lot of true crime podcasts. So I think it was kind of my, my true crime brain was kind of like up and running at that point. And it was like, oh, okay, this is kind of a murder mystery that really kind of sort of never gets solved, but does kind of get solved. So it was, it's, I think that kind of made me want to sit and watch it more because of the true crime aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should probably get back on our topic. <laughs> that is our topic. Twin Peaks is on my list, damn it. No. <laughs> so, welcome to the new Twin Peaks podcast. Hey, we, we used to have Stars it, cast. Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> Firewalk with Buddies. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your, what's your first one on your top five? Um, honestly, it, it was a toss up between, um, Quiet Place and Cam. And uh-huh. I ended up going with Quiet Place because it was more mainstream than Cam was. And, um, I really enjoyed Quiet Place. And even though the ending kind of left a little bit of, <sighs> all right, you know, it wasn't really the horror movie ending that I wanted. It was just, it was kind of a sappy ending and it actually... I, I got got a little tear out of me towards the, at the end of that movie um, <laughs> with everything that happened with the dad. But I just overall, I thought it was a really unique concept and I thought it was done very, very well. Um, you don't, first of all, you don't see a lot of deaf people that are lead characters in a movie oh, in general. Oh, yeah, that's very true. And yeah. for her to be the reason that the family can still communicate with each other um, was a good plot point and it wasn't forced. And I, I felt like that was the big thing with me is that before I saw, before I had read anything or saw the movie, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, so they're in a world where they have to be quiet all the time and they're signing. So are they, did they learn sign language because they were like, Hey, this is the new world. So we're just going to learn sign language because we can. And once I found out that there was an actual reason behind it, I was like, Oh, okay. And it wasn't, it didn't seem forced at all to me. It wasn't like, okay, we have a deaf character, so therefore everybody knows sign language. So, you know, it was kind of one of those, I liked it, but I also really liked that the tension in that first, like, ten minutes of that movie was just insane. (laughs) Yeah, it it really was. This happy-go-lucky family, like, out scouting about, you know, it was kind of like Walking Dead-ish a little bit in in the beginning with, you know, no one was around in the store that they were in. And then all of a sudden, she gives the kid the batteries 
for his toy. And I was like, oh, no, 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 honey, no. Don't do that. That's not a good thing. You shouldn't do that. And when he ever put the freaking batteries in the spaceship and it started going off, I was like, no, no, you can't kill a kid in the first 10 minutes of this movie. What the hell? Seriously? <laughs> no. I don't mind killing a kid. Like, that's not, I don't have any issues. Killing the dog, killing the cat. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Don't kill the animals. That's just horrible. But killing a little kid to, to move the plot along, meh. <laughs> kill the kid. That's fine. <laughs> that's I'm going to quote horrible. you on that. I don't have a problem with killing the kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, just kill the kid, whatever. Like, you know, what are you going to do? But yeah. yeah. Did you, it's, it's, did you get it's to see less, that one? I did. I was going to say, it's less predictable to kill a kid than it is to kill a dog. Mm. I, I agree. Whenever someone, whenever they kill a dog, I'm like, come on, you guys. That's so fucking, it's basic. It's yeah. obvious. Like, do something else. Yeah. That's why I like Hush, because they didn't kill the cat. Yeah. Even though you thought he was going to. Um. I did see Quiet Place, and unfortunately, it was one of my biggest disappointments of the year. <laughs> see, that's the thing with that movie is that I, it's 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 there's a lot of gray area with that for me, and I really loved it. My husband didn't like it, you know, and it's like, but I mean, he's not a horror fan either. But I I liked it for the uniqueness of the concept. It wasn't mm-hmm. that great of a script with the with the the lack of a dial of dialogue anyway. But I mean, it wasn't that great of a script, but it was a movie that was supposed to be 90% silent anyway. So it was kind of like, okay, but it was a unique concept. And we had had this conversation on on an earlier podcast that we had done that there's really no unique ideas anymore. Everybody's just rehashing the same shit over and over and over again. So this on its own merit of uniqueness is I think why I really, really liked it. And the other movies that are on my list were kind of, the same but different of other con- of other concepts and other tropes. So it was just kind of one of those like this was the only one that was a unique concept. So I think yeah, I, I think that's definitely. kind of why I pushed it higher up on my list, like as high on my list as I have it. I thought that the um, the casting was fantastic. Mm-hmm. The obviously you know the married couple uh, they have fantastic chemistry. You know. Well, they're married in real life, so they better have fantastic chemistry. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. (laughs) I I couldn't think of John Krasinski's name for a second. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, the people in the movie. um, Those guys, those people, yeah. Yeah. And the little girl was really good. But um, I don't know. I just, I love apocalyptic movies. But Mm. the fact that it was like, uh, what was it, like 18 months after this had happened. Yeah. I just felt like they hadn't done as much, like, preparation as... Mm. You might expect, like, they had, like, uh, just a few different, like, safety things around their property, but Mm. I just, I don't know, I was just like, I could think of so much more stuff I could do, and I thought it was really predictable, um, with him, like, sacrificing himself, I was like... That, Come on. I agree, I agree <laughs> with that. Him sacrificing himself was absolutely the predictable, like, the predictable moment in that movie of, like, oh, okay, but... The him signing to her in the back of the car, that's what made me cry. And I was mm-hmm. like, and he's like, I'm so proud of you. I love you. And I was like, because she had spent the entire movie thinking that he hated her because she was oh, the, yeah. the batteries to the little kid. So because of that, that's what kind of made and And she realized that she hadn't, she, she was never allowed downstairs. So when she went downstairs and saw that all he'd been working on downstairs was hearing aids for her. I know, that was really sweet. So it was like, it it wasn't the horror aspects or the sci-fi aspects or anything like that that got me. It was 
that was a good father daughter story. And it I, was, yeah. yeah. And I think also that I I had gotten married right around the time when this came out, so it was one of those like I was dealing with the whole father daughter situation. Like my dad and I have a great relationship, but there was a lot of tension between him and I as two things that I wanted to do for the wedding because he's super old school Italian Catholic, and I am uh. nowhere close to that. So, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, "You have to do all these traditional things," and I'm like, "No," like that was just it, just no. Um, so I think because there was a lot of tension going on there, and then I saw this movie, and I was like, "Oh, my dad and I," oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even my husband was um, like, "What are you crying for?" And I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> that's hilarious. I'll, also, the fact that uh, they like got pregnant, I'm like, why would you get pregnant knowing you're going to have to give birth wholly silently? That was the one thing that I said in that movie that I was like, first of all, I understand life just goes on, but um, seriously, like babies, babies <laughs> tend to cry. Are you going to like keep it in a box for the first two years of its life? Yeah, and like, well, that's literally what they do. They give birth. She gives birth to the baby and sticks it in a box that's soundproofed. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, plus, I was like. <laughs> Okay, so if they have this, like, soundproof room, why don't they all spend more time in there, like, as a family where they can actually talk? Talk, yeah. I don't know. It just bothered me. Yeah, because, well, I had that same problem with Walking Dead when Lori wound up, knocked up, and she gave birth, and I was like, seriously? Now we're going to have the next, like, eight seasons of this of this show with a freaking kid that you have to, like, haul around everywhere? <laughs> Right. Come on. Well, I mean, I don't like kids anyways, and I would never have a kid. So maybe that's, I'm a little biased. Um, yeah. yeah. This is the anti-kid that's, podcast, guys. Just so you that's know. My, that's my own thing. <laughs> okay. All right. What's well, next on your list? Next on my list is a little indie-ish, indie-type movie called What Keeps You Alive. Did you see that? I didn't see that, but it was on my list of things to watch. Because somebody, God only knows who was talking about it, probably one of us on on one of our various (laughs) episodes. um, But I remember writing it down because my notebook is filled with like, hey, you should watch this. And that's one of them. Yeah, I think it was probably me. Like, I think I was raving to you guys about it because, you know, I just watched it, I don't know, two months ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I totally was, like, blown away. It's, like, this little, um, you know, pretty low-budget movie. There's only, like, there's, like, two main characters and then, like, uh, you know, two or three other characters Mm -hmm. that are barely in the movie. Um, And it's about these two women that are a married couple, and they go out to uh, one of their family's cabins to celebrate their wedding anniversary. But it turns into, like, a cat-and-mouse game between them. Um, because one of them has a dark secret, basically. And it was, you know, pretty simple plot, but it was super elevated by how fantastic the acting was. Mm-hmm. And, um, the cinematography was really cool. It was really well done. And I don't know, it was like really visually arresting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it. I, I just was like, totally I was so much better than I expected I was just sucked in and you know really you know emotionally involved in it like oh what's gonna happen you know Mm -hmm. and there's a couple parts where I was just like you know it kind of goes from totally calm things are fine but then all of a sudden it ratchets up to like super violence Hmm. and I would be like watching it you know by myself and I was like ah 
you know, and <laughs> of course my, my animals are like, uh, are you okay over there? You know, mom, um, <laughs> what are you doing? yeah, that'll just be a couple parts where I'm like, no, <laughs> cause it was just, I was so invested. I was like, um, you know, on the edge of my seat. So I highly recommend you watch that and, uh, pretty much anybody else. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking at it on IMDb right now. I'm like, who, who's in this movie? Nobody I recognized. It was um, some lesser-known actresses, uh, but they both were really good. Yeah, one of the girls was in... Um, actually, they were both in Jigsaw together. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. Eh. Oh, wait. Actually, I started watching it, but then I turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um... Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm a huge Saw fan, and even I was just kind of like, this was a good you know, much, sit down and munch on popcorn movie. But other than that, it was not worth watching it. Yeah. So. I need like at least five out of van for this to be good. Yeah. But it sucks though, because I love Tobin Bell and I think he's an amazing actor and him as Jigsaw is just, I love him as that character, but it just, the last movie, the se uh, number seven was horrible. And then mm -hmm. for them to try to reboot it with this movie and it shoehorned a character into the whole mythology that was never there. So it was kind of yeah. like, yeah, about that. <laughs> I, uh, I only ever saw the first three, but I mean, you can stop not... there. That's fine. <laughs> you don't have to I go think, on. <laughs> I, I think that's why I stopped there because he like died. I was like, well, yeah. obviously this is going to just get worse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the premise behind what happens throughout the rest of the series is actually kind of cool, but not really. So it's just kind of one of those like, oh, okay, this is how you guys decided to continue this on. All yeah, right, I'll um, go along with the ride. <laughs> I, uh, I loved the first one. It was so brilliant. But I get so cringy when I'm like watching people get hurt in horrible ways that... I can't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the opposite. I'm like, this could never happen in real life. So, ooh, let's do it. Let's see the most outrageous way that you could kill somebody. <laughs> let's see if that works. It's weird because there's like a thin line. Um, you know, some of my favorite movies are like insanely bloody, mm -hmm. but to the point where they're like over the top ridiculous and, you know, you know, nowhere near realistic. So when it's somewhat realistic i'm just like ah, i don't want to watch yeah. this <laughs> i can see that so what is next for you uh next on my list is cam oh okay that I, was a really good movie yeah i loved that movie and i didn't think i was gonna like it it was again a unique concept kind of a unique concept um it was a lot of people have said it's an extended black mirror episode which i can completely see where they would think that that's exactly what that is um, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, I liked, I liked the girl who played in, who played the, um, I cannot think of what the character's name is right now, but the lead, I really liked her. <laughs> yeah. I thought she was I can't good. think of her name either. Know, we'll like, just call her Cam. Yeah. I'm like, I'm drawing <laughs> a total blank right now. Um, but I also thought it was a really interesting, um, it was written by a, a former Cam girl. So I thought uh -huh. that was really yeah. cool that it was not written by somebody who was kind of like, yeah, whatever. And um, she actually required the production staff to basically become cam girls for, I think, six months prior to production. 
so that they Whoa. could actually know like what the girls went through and what they had to do to come up with content and you know how they felt like you know and basically what they did so that they would have a basis for the job um yeah so i think that was really really cool and i believe it was a bloom house which i think it was a bloom house in conjunction with netflix Uh i'm gonna look it up really quick um i'm not sure yeah I, I thought it was again. It was a unique. It was a unique concept with the fact that the cam girls were being taken over. Yeah, for lack of a better way to describe it. And um, it, it it and it, what I also liked about it, and I tend to not like movies that don't explain the ending. And I actually enjoyed that this movie. There's an ending before the epilogue, and I like that it didn't really explain that. I like that it's just kind of. There's an info drop a little bit before that that you kind of go, oh, I guess this is what's happening. And then it goes to that, and you're like, is that actually what's happening? Is it an AI? (laughs) Is it not an AI? Is it, you know, and they never go into, like, there's a character, there's another character, Cam Girl, that um, she's, the AI version of her is collabing with. And you find out that that person's dead. But they never go into how did this, like, how does this AI form? Like, who is this person? And the one person that you would have expected to be the person that was behind all of it just knows that it happens, but he has nothing to do with it. You're like, oh, I want closure. And it's just not there. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I asked you after I watched it, like, uh, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, um... <laughs> Please explain to me the movie I just watched because it was... I did like the ambigu- ambiguity, mm-hmm. and it was, again, like, another super unpredictable movie. Yeah. Like, had no idea how it was going to turn out, and it did seem very realistic for um, that kind of job and, like, you know, the kind of, like, uh, conversation and how it would, how you're trying to, like, garner, you know, higher rankings, that kind of thing. Hmm. I thought it was a really... It was definitely a cool concept. It was definitely uh, one of my honorary ones for the year. I liked it a lot. I just, I wasn't like blown away, but I did think it was a, you know, pretty decent little movie. And I like, I like uh, horror movies that are, you know, uh, female centric Mm -hmm. and don't have to shoehorn in some sort of like romantic thing. Um, Yeah. I don't want to talk about Mortal Engines and that movie that I just saw. <laughs> so it was really good in that respect, for sure. So yeah, yeah that's, that's what I thought um, was hysterical about that movie is that it technically passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> it does. It does. Like, it actually does. That's kind of funny. Well, you know, it could be seen as a feminist movie. I mean, they have Absolutely. agency over their own bodies and yeah. stuff, and able to make decisions for themselves and. I thought it was pretty good, yeah. And that's the one thing, too, is that a lot of people are like, well, this is exploitative of women. And it's like, no, you don't understand. These women are choosing to do this, and there's a difference between a woman choosing to put her body through that and be a sex worker. And and there's a difference between that and being forced to be a sex worker. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that's one of those things, is that she's choosing that life, and she's also creating the rules. So right, she exactly. doesn't do anything that she doesn't want to do. She has her own rules. Like there's the other, like one of the other cam girls at one point when she hits that I think she hits the top ten. One of the other cam girls who has never done nude 
all of a sudden starts saying, if you guys knock this other girl down, I'll, I'll do nudity. Right. You know, yeah. so it, it's stuff like that. And like, and she has her rules. Like she said, like Lola was the character's name. She says, you know, I don't ever tell my my guys that I love them. And you know, there's, so she has a very specific set of rules that she follows and she makes sure that she sticks to those rules. So it's one of those, it's not, to me, it's not exploitative if a, they're choosing to do it and they're setting the rules. Yeah, they so. have the power, they have the agency. Yeah. Um, they're not, like, doing it against their own... Uh, they're not doing it against their own, uh, you know, wants. Yeah. I How did I forget her name is Lola? <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, uh, first of all, it's <laughs> your name. Second of all, it's my nickname. So I'm like, uh, how the hell did we both forget that? Anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so next for me is Revenge. I still haven't seen that. I'm sorry. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> I uh, I talked about it on my true crime podcast. It's one of my favorite movies of the year, too. Mm-hmm. And I was saying it's, I don't ever watch, like, rape revenge type movies mm-hmm. because I just, uh, you know, that genre just is so grindhousey a lot of the time, especially it, it, the older ones. Yeah, it's grindhousey and it's a little overdone. Yeah, you know? and it's... I, I feel like a lot of uh, people that made those kind of movies were doing it for shock value. Yeah. Um, not trying to actually make any sort of point. Yeah, I mean, so, like, I Spit yeah. on Your Grave is, like, the penultimate of that, that genre. And that's pretty much exactly what it was for. You know? Yeah, I've, so. I've never actually seen that, but I've seen Last House on the Left, and it was Same. not an enjoyable movie to no. watch. No, it's, it, like... <laughs> The original was the original was actually it's it's not a good movie in general, but I mean it is one of Wes Craven's first movies, so that we can kind of give it a, a little bit of a pass for being shitty. But then yeah. the remake was actually pretty good, <laughs> but it was um, it definitely had its had its moments that I was like, like the guy's head in the in the microwave was awesome. But I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, the remake. Is, I've only seen the original. Yeah. Yeah. The remake is worth it just for some of the kills because some of the kills are are just absolutely worth watching. Like, like at one point, the father has one of the guys that raped his daughter, and um, he has him lying on a table, and his head is inside of a microwave, and then the father hits start. <laughs> okay, it, I might have to watch that. Then. And he just walks away. <laughs> it's really good. Doesn't that, does that have Aaron Paul in it? I believe it. I believe so. Let me check. Let me I, check. I think so. Um, I, you know, it's kind of messed up. I actually saw the original when I was like 12. I don't know why. It was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> and the part where the mom is like, uh, I, yeah, I think it's the mom. She's like pretending to like one of the creepy rapist guys. Yep. So she goes to uh, go, you know, downstairs on him. And, like, bites it off. Yep. And I've always thought about that. Like, anytime that sort of thing is happening in some movie or some situation, I'm like, why don't you just bite down? Like, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? <laughs> like, you're kind of, you know, you kind of have a pretty good option yeah. in that situation. Yeah, you have, you kind of have all of the power in that situation. And it, it's funny because whenever I, whenever I think about that, um... It's uh, it brings me back to the movie Tank Girl, and there's a scene where Lori Petty is all tied up, and um, the I don't know what the hell you would call them, the soldiers, I guess, would be the best way of call, thing to call them. Um, she says, "Hey, who wants to get their oil changed?" 
And one of the guys comes over and he takes a gun and puts it to her head and says, the moment I feel teeth, you feel lead. And that's all I can mm-hmm. think of in my head is that I'm like, I would bite down, but what if he has a gun? <laughs> what if he has yeah, a knife? Yeah, that's true. But if I bite down hard enough, it's not going to matter anyway. <laughs> bite down quickly and quickly with and hard. great force. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but again, but yeah, that's so... the shit we have to think of as girls, <laughs> you know? Like... Yeah. These are the things that women think about when we're watching horror movies. Yeah. And uh, like I could get out maybe of that that's... situation. Just bite down and hold and twist. Like, it's fine. I can get out of that. Yeah. Maybe that's why we love horror, because they give us ideas for how to protect ourselves oh, better. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, when I'm working at the haunted house, there's a couple of blind spots that I know where they are just from having worked there for so long. But guests somehow always freaking find them. And it's always the stupid, drunk dude bros that are assholes that find these spots. And they decide that they're going to hang out there and scare their friends as, it come, as they come around the corner. But it blocks my actors from scaring people at all, in general. And I've had to like think in my head, I'm in a dark area. I'm tiny compared to them. I'm only five feet tall. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm this tiny little, you know, sprig of a thing. How the fuck am I going to get these guys out of this corner? And typically it's a case of, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go two rooms over and get the big ass butcher that's over there and have him come over <laughs> and get him. But there have been times that I've had to be like, try to like, I've had to like move these people along. And I'm like, I'm in literally in the one blind spot of the security cameras. And I don't know how these guys always freaking find them. Anything could happen in this dark little corner. You know, yeah, so it's yeah. like I, you always have to think about what if I'm in this corner, what could happen? And I always, always, always when I'm working at the haunted house, I always have a foam something in my hand, whether it be an axe or um, last year, I actually carried around a foam pipe the whole whole, whole time. And I mean, it's not going to hurt you, but it's going to scare the fuck out of you that I'm coming at you with this thing because they look real, especially in the dark. So I'm like, oh, it's okay. like. I have to think about shit like that when I'm working at, at one of my favorite places in the world. Come on. Seriously? I know. Ugh. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I uh, I have, like, a switchblade mm-hmm. <laughs> that I carry in my purse pretty much everywhere, like, thinking, you know, if somebody tries to grab me, I know exactly where it is. I hopefully would be able to access yeah. it. And for Christmas, my dad gave me a K-bar. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> it is it is so awesome, but it's so big that I'm like, how am I going to carry this? I'm going to need, like, a special belt. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wear those nice high leather boots that come up to your knees, and you've got just got to get slided in the top there. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, um, see, see. So, I mean, I'm excited to have that for, like, you know, walking my dog if we're, like, hiking or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think a guy is going to keep attacking me if he sees that I have a giant knife. No, that and, is insanely sharp. <laughs> and that's the thing. It, 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 go, it goes back to, um, whatchamacallit, oh my god, I can't think of the name of the movie right now, um, Trocodile Dundee, where the guy pulls out a switchblade and he goes, that's not a knife, this is a knife, and pulls out his freaking, you know, 12-inch long Bowie knife. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm good, bye-bye. You know, it, it, <laughs> size doesn't matter, guys. It really doesn't. But when it comes to knives, it matters. It does, yeah. It absolutely matters. Yeah, the unfortunate yeah. part is in in my state, switchblades, um, brass knuckles, even the little keychains that are the cats that have the little pointy ears—they're all banned in my state. So basically, what? Uh, yeah, I can't even have pepper spray without having a license for it. It's 
a little bit ridiculous in what I can and can't have for, you know, personal safety. Luckily, I have an LTC, so if, if I, I don't have currently own a gun, but I can legally go buy a gun if I needed to. Um, but yeah, my state's all screwy. But I can just go one state up into New Hampshire and get whatever the hell I damn well please. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you allowed to have bear spray? Uh, nope, not as far as I know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a little bit well, ridiculous. You live in a blue state. I live in a yeah. very red state. Yep. Uh, we have very lax laws about <laughs> weapons. Um, I think they legalized switchblades a couple years ago, or at least flip mm-hmm. blades. Uh, I mean, you can get a gun pretty easily. You can get bear spray at the local like hunting, sporting goods mm-hmm. store. Yeah, yeah. I think, so I think you maybe have have hunting, I will send I you a, a I think gift you have package have a someday. License or prove that you're not using it for defense. I think for self defense um, against humans. I think you have to basically show that I'm going to be like in a deer blind and I need it for protection against bears, and then you can have it. But you can't have it just to have it. It's very that's so very dumb. Awkward. But I actually saw a really good uh, meme the other day that somebody was like, "Girls, stop taking switchblades downtown because that shit's gonna get confiscated. Just bring a lighter and a travel size hairspray. When it comes to <laughs> when it comes down to it, you can just flamethrow the fuck out of them." And I was like, "Oh, that's a good idea because that shit's not gonna get confiscated right there. <laughs> Leave that right in my purse." That's very true. <laughs> Plus, the thing with like switchblades is like you have to get pretty damn close to somebody to actually yeah, do anything. Get them. Yeah. And if they're, like, you know, quicker than you, they might get it off of you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of almost like gambling that if they see it, they're just not even going to come close to you. Yeah. So all this which talk is... of weapons segues directly <laughs> into my next movie, which is good. <laughs> this wasn't a tangent, guys. I swear to God, it was a segue. It was, just it was a, a bit of a tangent. Segue. <laughs> um, my next movie is actually Halloween. And I know you don't like it, but I actually... The more I sat on it and the more... I really liked it when I first first saw it, but the more I've digested it, the more I'm like, it's an okay movie. It's not... It doesn't deserve all of the accolades that it got. It's just okay for me. But I've never seen a Halloween movie in the theater. So this is my first movie, Halloween movie to see in a theater. So I think that was kind of like my big thing. Plus, I freaking love Jamie Lee Curtis and she can do no wrong. In my eyes. Yeah, I love so her. So I was like, yeah. I am watching this. And then Judy Greer is also one of those those actresses that can never do anything wrong in my eyes. So I was kind of excited just to see it in general because it was, you know, it was super, super hyped. But Yeah, it was exciting to yeah. see it in theaters for sure because, yeah. you know, I hadn't seen any in theaters either. And it's... Um, it's always it's always struck me as hysterical when she's, like, walking around the house and there's so many guns and so many various, you know different weapons of various different kinds and you know it shows her outside like shooting all of the different guns and shooting all the mannequins and everything like that and then there's flashbacks with her teaching the the her daughter to like shoot all these guns and everything and then there's the twist at the end with the no i can't do it i can't shoot him gotcha yeah (laughs) you know that was a great twist yeah i i will watch it again someday and i might change my mind 
I saw it in Hawaii and it turned out to be an awful vacation because I felt horrible. I got super sick and I was just in a terrible mood. Oh. So yeah. I saw it while in a really bad mood. That was probably part of it. <laughs> I would say um, watch it again and just t- take it with the grain of salt that you weren't feeling good the first time because it's not going to make it a, an amazing movie, but it might elevate it a little bit more just to. I mean, it's definitely a, a woman power movie. You know, it's, it's, it is. You know, yeah. I mean, even though um, Laurie Strode definitely has her faults in this and has definitely gone a little off her rock in this, like she's definitely a little nutsy. But um, overall, she's still a strong character. Overall, she's still. I like the direction that they went with her, and I like the direction with. Judy Greer and the conflict between them, but then the granddaughter being the one that's kind of like, come on, mom, she's your mom, you know? you know. Kind of, but then there were weird things, like the father drops mustard, and he's like, oh, I've got mustard on my penis, you know? It's like... Yeah, what the hell was that? <laughs> I don't know, and it's funny because he's, like, he's one of my favorite actors, too. He's been in almost every... He's been in every season of American Horror Story from what I can think of off the top of my head. But she, he was... Um, uh, he was the, I don't want to say transgender cause it was, she, he was a transgender. I want to say drag queen slash possibly transvestite in, um, hotel. And I've never, I don't, I don't watch that show. It, he was just absolutely <laughs> freaking amazing in that, in that part. Like all of the characters that he's had in the different seasons have been great, but that one was fucking phenomenal. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't understand why he didn't win, like, everything for that. But because it was he was in a dress, that's probably why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, in general, I think a lot of the male characters that were in that movie were very weak. And it was, they were. It that's was supposed true. to show how strong the women were. Which was good, but you don't need to make weak men in order to show strong women. You can have a strong woman equal to a strong man. You know? That's true, because even the, like, doctor guy turned out to be, like... Fucking idiot. ...pathological (laughs) and, you know, um, kind of weak when it came to making the right choice. Um, I love Jamie Lee. I'll watch anything. I've seen Freaky Friday because she's in it. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, it's... My problem with it is kind of similar to The Quiet Place, is that she's been preparing for this for, like, 40 years. Mm Mm-hmm. But somehow she still has, like, glass on her front door that he could easily just break through with his hands. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, that bugged me. And I thought Judy Greer's character was, like, unnecessarily bitchy to her mom. Like, she totally was not taking her seriously and, like... Oh, it's no big deal. Like, just all your friends were murdered by a maniac. Get over it. Like, she was a horrible character. Pissed me off. Um, I kind of wish there had been more with, uh, like, teenagers at the party. And Mm. I wish there had been... uh, I wish they had gone more in that direction, I guess. Um, Like, I I mean, it it had potential. Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) That was weird. She catches him kissing somebody at at the dance... And she immediately freaks out, and then he takes her phone and throws it in a bowl of fucking pudding or whatever the hell he threw it in. And she leaves, and that's it. We never hear from him again. He's gone. And I'm like, I know. Okay. I, I think that was. I think the point was to get her like with this other random drunk guy, yeah, uh, in a vulnerable position. Yeah. But it was pointless, in my opinion. 
It, it uh, wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. Because, again, it showed that it, it like, that friend's character arc, which I, I pegged it the minute he showed up on screen, um, was that he's always been in love with her, and now the other, you know, popular asshole's out of the way. So, obviously, he's the one that has now come to her rescue. So, in his head, you know, it, it he's... He's got a shoe in, you know, he's going he's gonna to get some. And it's, what do they call themselves? He's, the uncells or whatever the hell they are? Oh, yeah, he's totally an incel. Yeah, they, like, <laughs> I'm like, uh. <laughs> he's like, okay, where's where's my deserved sex? Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly what it is. And it's like, that's the next horror movie that I'm waiting for is the incel horror movie. Like, I'm dying to oh, see that. Oh, oh. God. No! <laughs> then they'll feel like they're fucking martyrs or something. I know! And I'm like, ugh! But you know it's coming. You know it's it's gonna be... In, uh, in, oh, you know in the next, like, two years we're gonna have something like that. And we're all just gonna be like, guys, did you really need to make that movie? Like, unless it's a movie where all of a sudden, like, somebody somehow makes it so that, like, the incels that are in the movie just go, oh, I'm a dick. I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> You know yeah. it's not going to happen, but... Totally. Um, that kind of takes me to my next movie, which actually I just now thought of. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not like a traditional horror movie. It's kind It's I don't even know how to describe the genre, mm-hmm. but uh, it's called Assassination Nation. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that. I saw You were talking about that on Facebook the other day. Yeah, it, it, it was such a... Oh, man, it was really relevant. It's a real female empowerment type movie. It's basically a bunch of teenage girls that, you know, have their private lives on their phones. They, like, send nudes. They sext with people that they shouldn't, that kind of thing. And um, some anonymous hacker ends up somehow releasing all of the uh, private information off of, like, half of the phones in town. Mm -hmm. So... Everybody can see, like, how awful, um, you know, their friends really are, or, you know, they can see, like, oh, my husband's, like, having an affair, that kind of thing. So, like, for example, this one girl realized that her best friend had actually sold her out and, like, shared her nude photos that had already been out there for, like, a year, or, like, a year, and she had never known who had done it, and she finds out it's her best friend, so she, like, beats her with a baseball bat. So, the town goes fucking nuts. Like, Mm -hmm. they go insane. Everybody is, like, murdering each other. It goes from, like, teen sort of dramedy to, like, super violent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, everybody's scared. All of the girls that their information is leaked, you know, everybody's, like, just totally slut-shaming them. Um, It's really realistic because, you know, this one girl's, like, she's got some nudes on her phone and so all of these dudes throughout the town have seen them and so she's like uh, her parents kick her out because of it mm-hmm. and so she's like walking down the street trying to find a safe place to go to and there's these like guys driving by that are like yo bitch like I know you want it like that kind of thing mm-hmm. and it was like that's exactly what would happen like it was it, it made me so anxious because it was realistic mm-hmm. um so, basically, uh, it, it turns into this whole, like, chaotic, crazy bullshit's going on. Um, somebody, uh, this, like, local hacker-type guy, he 
gets kidnapped and you know they're these all these people are like okay we know that you're the only one that could have done this um you know you're really known for your computer skills like you had to be the person they're like gonna kill him basically mm. and he's like no 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 and he comes up with uh he says no it was this other person and he says that it's one of the main girls so that information of course spreads like wildfire and there's all these people trying to track this girl and her friends down because for some reason they think that she spread they believe that this they believe this guy that says that she's the one that leaked all the information mm -hmm. even though her own nudes were leaked so obviously well, that's it makes the best no sense way to make it look like you didn't do it <laughs> that's true that's true so basically um there's all of these crazy like vigilantes in masks a lot of them are like the high school bros mm -hmm. <laughs> trying trying to track down all of these girls and like punish them and it gets so violent and oh it was just so freaking good it was like totally a hardcore feminist movie i absolutely loved it one of the main characters was actually is actually a transgender actress that mm -hmm. I didn't even know she was transgender and I didn't even know that her character was until like halfway through the movie, oh, cool. which is, you know, they didn't like bludgeon you over the head with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and ah, it was, um, it's really diverse. Like a couple of the main girls are like, you know, pretty white girls, but then one of their friends is black and then one of their friends is transgender. And so it's really diverse, uh, uh, inclusive mm -hmm. and it just came down to being like this super like female empowerment movie and in the end they end up with like a big cache of weapons and like gunning down a bunch of incels i loved it i was like cheering um and the girl uh does a speech at the end she uh, she puts that out on the out on the internet like you know women we have to join forces and she gives this really amazing speech that's like you know, they tell you so many things about being a woman, you know, yeah. smile, don't smile too much because then you're a slut. Don't yeah. frown because then you're a bitch. Don't speak too loudly because then you're, um, you know, abrasive, but don't be a church mouse because then you're a snob. And it goes on and on and on. It was this really amazing speech. And it's like, you know, you can do anything. You can be anything. And you might even be the president of the United States. Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, happen. what are you talking about? I was, I was cackling, but it, in, invigors all these other girls around the town to go out and like join their cause, basically. Hmm. And oh my god, it was a, it was amazing. I loved it. It was you know kind of uneven at points, mm -hmm. and it turned out to be so much more violent than I expected. But uh, overall, it was a really good message, um, especially since, you know, it's kind of a teen movie, so it's geared towards younger teenagers. Mm -hmm. I thought it was such a great message towards the next generation of girls. Like, you know, you don't listen to what society tells you that you're supposed to be. You be what you want to be. And uh, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I was re I was looking on IMDb and looking at all the different um, actors and everybody that was in it. And honestly, you could have just told me that Bill Skarsgård was in it, and I would have been like, "I'll go watch it." <laughs> like, yeah, How do you yeah. Want to watch I, I totally. Same thing. Bella I forgot Thorne. about it. I love Bella Thorne. Yeah. Thorn, so like, just yeah. Me too. 
Tell me if Scar's Heart's in it. I'll go watch it. Bella Thorne's in like every other horror movie. <laughs> I know, and it's so funny because I follow her on Instagram, and it's she. I, it wasn't this movie that she was filming; it was another movie she was filming, and she kept showing like background, like um, behind the scenes and stuff like that on it. And I was like, "What movie is this?" And like I can't remember it now. And I think she mentioned it on like one post, and I was like, "What? I, I, what movie is this? I need to see this." <laughs> like, I'll have to find that. Oh, and it's but yeah. I it I totally like it's everyone. A really good movie. I might I might have. To, I, like, now have a list of movies that I'm going to watch tomorrow. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, I, I'd heard about it, like, a while ago and forgot it was a movie and then just saw, like, it had just gotten released on DVD or something. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to immediately watch this. And I was just, I was totally hooked. Another thing about it that I loved was that it, uh, the way it was filmed, like, the cinematography was really creative Mm -hmm. and like there's the scene where there's these like um creepy guys like that are trying to like break into their house and the camera is just like panning around the outside of the house that is like it's kind of like a nicer house and there's like a ton of like big windows so the camera is just like kind of circling the house showing uh you know what room each of the girls is in and like you know guys breaking into other rooms and then I don't know. It was just like a really well done scene that totally was, um, I don't know. It was just very movement oriented. So it Mm kind of made you even more anxious than if they were just like sitting in one room. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to throw that on my list to watch tomorrow. Cause this is, I think like the fourth or fifth time you've mentioned it. So I think I should watch it at this point. (laughs) I really, I think you'll love it. Yep. So, um, my next movie is, it, it's an, it, it kind of is an indie film. It did have a small theater, uh, theatrical release, um, but it was, it came up on Netflix, I think two or three weeks ago. It's called Summer of 84. Oh yeah, yeah. And I saw that. It's kind of like Stranger Things mixed with, uh, not Ted Bundy, who was the clown guy that killed all the... <laughs> Gacy. Gacy, thank you. Like, yeah. My, 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 my favorite murder fans right now are like, it's Gacy! <laughs> um, well, they can fuck off. They can fuck off. <laughs> um, it was a little bit, but it was kind of a mix between that because it had, um, like, the core group of, you know, 10, 12, 13-year-old boys that were all hanging out together, and one of the kids was out on his paper route. And one of his neighbors said, oh, hey, can you come help me move something into my basement? And obviously in the 80s, you're, you know, you're not thinking about anything like that. And he's a boy. So it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So he goes and he helps this guy who happens to be a local cop who's like a hero cop. And he helps the guy move something downstairs. And he sees that there's a locked room in his basement. And he's kind of like, huh, that's a little weird. And he starts Mm -hmm. investigating him. And... Like, to the point where at one point they're all in the library, like, using the microfiche. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh Gotta my love God. that microfiche. Like, throw, throwback right there. Um, and mm-hmm. one of the kids, one of the kids is like, so each of the kids has their, like, you know, whenever we have those movies that has, like, the individual kids, like, in a group together, they're all the individual different stereotypes. So this one kid is, like, you know, the warrior, you know, with the je- the black jeans the, that are rolled up a little bit, kind of like 1950s yeah. user. Yeah. 
So yeah, the cool kid, <laughs> the cool kid who's hanging out with the like the, the the slum kids. I don't know if he's slumming with these losers. I don't know what's going on with that. But like, they're <laughs> yeah. in the library doing research on all these other like missing children and murders and things like that that have happened. And he lifts up his shirt and you see and he has a freaking National Geographic like stuffed in his jeans. And they're like, "You can't do that. You can't take that. Why are you taking that?" And he's like, "Guys, free porn." <laughs> I know that was so funny. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. It was, they did the 80s so well. So well. I totally, uh, I can definitely see the Stranger Things connection because they both do the 80s, but it's not like bludgeoning you over the head with it. It's just like, this is the movie that takes place in the 80s, you know? It's like, it's not, you know, like, and now we're in the 80s. It's just, yeah, they're not all wearing like neon jeans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And um, I just, I thought it was. It wasn't the best movie in the world. I mean, it definitely had its flaws, but it was, again, it was just kind of a cool little, I mean, I plopped it on while I was, I think I was knitting or something, and I just kind of like had it on in the background. I didn't necessarily have to pay attention to it to understand what was going on, which I do enjoy Mm -hmm. in horror movies a lot of the time. I don't mind a good horror movie where I have to sit and pay attention to every single detail, but sometimes you just want that movie where it's just, it's just there. It's a good movie and it's just there. And I, I really liked it because of that. It didn't, it, it kept my attention, but it didn't force my attention. It, it wasn't like, okay, and now we're going to put in some really weird plot twist that's going to make you, like, think about it. And it's like, no. <laughs> we just make it. And there was a really cool reveal. I, I liked the reveal with um, when the kids are in the house and they're looking at the wall of pictures. And he sees all these different pictures that were all the same pictures that he saw on the microfiche. And then he sees mm-hmm. the picture of himself and his family. And yeah. he goes, oh my you know, God, <laughs> I'm next. <laughs> it, it's weird. Like, it was such a good year for horror that I forgot about that movie. <laughs> you know, it was one of those, it was um, over the summer, right before Movie Pass changed its mind on how it was actually going to run its business. I was actually able to go see a, like a fuck ton of movies using my Movie Pass. And this was one of them that I kept, it kept popping up on my app and I was like, oh, I'll go see it. I'll go see it. I'll go see it. And by the time I got around to going to see it, it was, wasn't even an option. It was, a, it was a out of theaters, but it was at the point where MoviePass decided that you can only see like two movies in a day and they were going to pick which movies you were going to be able to see. Um, and it was always like, you know, the A titles that you can't get into or you, you've already seen and don't want to see. It was stupid shit. So I was like, oh, fuck. So when it popped up on Netflix, I was like, oh, this was on my list. I've got to watch it. And we had talked about how um, horror movie posters always drew us in to see horror movies. And this was one of the ones that had a great, um, not necessarily a poster, but had a great art shot that was there it did, for the yeah. cover. So I, I thought that was really cool with the mill. Because, I mean, I grew up in the 80s. And, well, actually, I grew up in the 90s, technically, if you want. But I was born in 81. So, But I remember. Define grow up. <laughs> exactly. That's I'm not really even growing up now because I just bought a stuffed animal the other day. But you know, <laughs> it was a monster Plus high we're, thing. Um, we're <laughs> analyzing horror movies, so <laughs> it's like I, I haven't grown up yet. What are you talking about? Me um, neither. I really liked it because it had the um, had the milk box with the kid's face on it. That and it's funny because it's called Summer of '84, and when you look at the way the whole thing is designed, the font for the for the title is super '80s horror movie. The fact that the milk box has the kid's face on it, but the kid's face is a skull. Super 80s. Like, that's exactly what you would have seen on, you know, the cover of a box in the in, of a horror movie in the 80s at the movie store. So I thought that was kind of cool that it even went, the theming for the whole thing even went down to that. 
but that's what drew me in originally was that the milk the milk carton <laughs> the face on it i was like what's this you have inspired me to rewatch that movie because i watched it um i don't even remember uh six months ago mm -hmm. And I, I think I wasn't really paying attention, so I wasn't, like, overwhelmingly impressed. But now that I'm thinking back, it kind of feels like a kind of melding of, like, Stranger Things and, like, It. A little bit. And yep. the, the John Wayne Gacy thing, I didn't even notice that part, like, the connection. But mm. that makes so much sense. And because he was, like, a JC, which is, you know, some sort of... Um, I don't even remember what a JC is, but it's some sort of, They're the you guys know, that make the free haunted houses? Yeah, they're like some sort of community thing. Okay. So it's, you know, similar to like a hero cop. Hmm. And who who was the cop? Was it Dean Kane? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't remember. I can't even remember. <laughs> I'll flip back to IMDb really quick. I was looking at alternate. Um, they had I, Google when I had looked at it, just I wanted to see... Um, wanted to see a couple of different things on it and they had alternate like cover art for it and it like every version of the cover art was super 80s like one of them literally looks like it's the cover of a christopher pike novel <laughs> I was like, oh my god shit. wonderful <laughs> um the cop was now i can't think of who i think it was this guy he wasn't somebody that i knew it wasn't an actor that i knew like no one in the movie is actually a known actor Oh, okay. I don't know why I'm picturing Dean Kane, but... Because he's creepy? He was hot back in the day, but now he's just kind of creepy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He seems right for the part, but, um... <laughs> I also like the fact that the whole, like, you know, the first, like, two-thirds of the movie is kind of like... You don't really know, um... What the truth is, I guess, or you guys, you don't really know where it's going, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like it's almost like a vibe of like the Goonies, where it's like these kids investigating a mystery, but in the last like twenty minutes, it gets super real, yeah. and it's like an abrupt um, like tonal switch that you're like, ugh, like it's it, like that one part, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, I was like, holy shit, I was not expecting that to happen. <laughs> And it's like, and, and that's the thing too, even at the end of that movie where like he literally picks the kid up and says, you're going to live through this because I want you to live for the rest of your life thinking about the fact that I'm going to come for you. And he's, yeah. he's, he's riding his bike through the neighborhood and his friends are, have utterly left him at this point. One of his friends got killed. That's the part we were kind of just talking about. <laughs> One of his friends gets killed. Yeah. And then, um his other two friends are, he literally is driving by their, one of their houses and they're cleaning out all of the stuff that was in their basement. Like they had their like, you know, man cave basement where they had like their dungeons and dragons stuff and, you know, movie posters and things like that. And the kids are literally throwing it out on the lawn and they see him drive by and they just kind of shake their heads and turn around and walk away. And it's just so sad because not only has this kid now lost all of his friends, he has to live with the fear that this cop is going to come back and kill him at any time. And that's kind of the right. end of yeah. the movie. And it's so, it doesn't end on a happy note, which I, I'm horrible. I love movies that don't end on happy notes. I hate, <laughs> end, I hate movies that are like, we're just going to tie this up in a nice little bow and it's going to be happy and everybody survives. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I think that's one of the reasons that I kind of don't like the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, I want her to die. <laughs> I'm horrible. Like, just kill that her. That is horrible. 
feel bad for Leatherface. Like, I'm like, aww. He's so bad. It totally... <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> it totally felt like a, a great metaphor for, like, childhood ending. Yes. Um, like, stuff uh, is really fun. You're like, blah, blah, blah. But then you start to realize the reality of real life. Obviously, most people don't see their friend murdered when they become an adult. But, uh... <laughs> You get to a point where you have to, like, be thrown out into the real world, and you're like, okay, everything's not, like, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, real bad stuff does happen. And I think uh, it worked really well for the 80s because, of course, there was, like, a insane amount of child serial killers back then. Yeah, and it was, like, you know, the satanic <laughs> panic, the stranger uh, yeah, danger, definitely. and all that shit back then, you know? And it was, like, and we were we were coming off of that whole... Like, I hate to say we were coming off of the 50s, because obviously we weren't, but we were coming off of that whole, like... You 50s could, nostalgia. Yeah. You didn't have to lock your doors. Like, you, you, we were starting to get into that phase of, okay, we need to have home security systems. There's there's bad things out there, and, you know, you any anything could happen. And it was like, all the kids were taught stranger danger in school and everything like that. So we were starting to get to that point, and I think this was, mm-hmm. like, just before that all ramped up. And it's kind of like, like I said, in the very, very beginning, when he walks into this guy's house, it's because, A, he's a cop, so everybody trusts him anyway because he's a cop. But, B, he's the guy's neighbor. He's been delivering his frickin' paper for God only knows how long. He probably goes into the guy's house all the time for him to go grab, you know, oh, let me go grab your money. You know, give me one second. Just hang out right here in the living room. Let me go grab it. You know, this is probably something that has happened all the time. You know? And totally. It's like, and that's one of the things that the tagline for the movie is every serial killer has to live next door to someone. Yeah. 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 You know? And it's like, and that is that right there sums up the entire movie that it literally is. And that's exactly what it is. And this is the epitome of the, Oh my God, I would never have thought that he would, he could have done this. You know, he was such a nice guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. All of that, like culminating into one movie. Yeah, I just looked at the cast, and the guy that is the cop, he does not look intimidating or scary no. at all. He no. looks, like, totally, like, jocular, like, normal hey, what's guy. up, buddy? Yep, normal <laughs> guy. And, I mean, that's the thing, is that you and I, we, we research enough and read into enough true crime things that that's typically exact. The guy that's going to be doing things like this is not going to be the guy that is the creepy guy on the corner that you walk to the other side of the, you know, you walk to the other side of the street to get away from. It's going to be the guy that's like American Psycho. It's going to be the guy that's like super, you know, super charismatic and everybody loves. It's, it's always that guy. And it's like, it's, it's the creepy guys that go to, that have the one-off killings. It's those guys you have to worry about because they're going to mug you for meth money. It's, (laughs) but the really nice, the really nice guys those are the guys you really have to worry about because you're not exactly sure what's in their basement. Exactly. And, like, uh, they're obviously more likely to get away with it for longer, mm-hmm. which is, like, you know, think about, like, Gary Ridgway. He was totally bland as hell looking. Yeah. And that's how he got away with it for so long because nobody could think about what he looked like because he was just nondescript. Exactly. And, I mean, look at BTK. <laughs> how, long did he get, how long did he get away with that? And think about what he like he was in the church he was a deacon or something like that like all of these different things yet he was going in and literally torturing women and dressing up in their clothing to be yeah. you know it was like it just and it just goes it's just so wacky some of the things that like 
you sit there and you look at and you and this movie just literally just made me go this is kind of a glimpse into for me a glimpse into the mindset of the neighbors not necessarily the killer but the neighbors and the neighborhood and the kids you know and it's kind of like it's true every serial killer has to have a neighbor and they have to be the neighbor for somebody and they have to be the you know the there's somebody that uh, there's like my neighbors christ my my neighborhood's really screwy sometimes so so we play um fourth of july we play is that gun gun gunshots or fireworks (laughs) 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 it's like it could be either um, but it's like, you never know. You absolutely I will be never playing know. that game tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely never know. Very true. And I don't think that this movie would have worked. Now that you're talking about it, I'm like, this movie's actually brilliant. I'm going to go rewatch it yep. because I don't think I was really paying attention. But um, I don't think it would have worked really well at all if it was like a modernly, a modern based movie because modern kids are not going to just go into like their neighbor's basement probably without at least telling their parents or something exactly. because it's you know because of the 80s and because their parents probably grew up in the 80s they know all about stranger danger and that you yeah. know their teacher or their neighbor might actually be a creepy pervert you know yeah. and it's like a lot of the kids that um I used to nanny kids a lot when I was you know in, in my late teens and early 20s and one of the things I used to always tell the kids was adults will never ask children for help, you know? Right. And, and, and that's something that I've, I've always stuck by. It's like an adult will always seek another adult for help because it, it just, in general, most adults don't think kids are anything but kids. So you're not going to... That is really good way of putting it. <laughs> so like, you're, like, I'm the opposite. I'm the one that's going to be like, hey, you're a kid. You're going to know where the best video game store is. Where the hell do I go to get XYZ? You know, I think about it complete opposite. So I'm like the <laughs> antithesis to the rule. <laughs> I'm the one that's at the kids table at, at Thanksgiving, like coloring with the little kids. So <laughs> it's true. But you're also a, a female. So. Yeah, so I'm not as creepy. I'm not as scared, which is also the other side of it, too, because I've definitely seen a couple of movies where it's the female that lures in the kids for the men and that's even creepier. yeah um that really is yep but it's like you're never gonna see an adult that's gonna come up to a kid to actually ask the kid for gen genuine help unless right, that kid yeah. is the only kid that's that the only physical human being that's in the vicinity and that adult is truly in in need of some of of help and like they're running from a killer then and the first thing that the first person they run into is a kid. Then yeah, they're going to ask that kid for help. But in general, <laughs> you're not going to see yeah. an adult ask a kid to come help. We always use the trope of you know I lost my puppy. There's, yeah, it's a trope exactly. For a reason. <laughs> yeah, if I saw my dog or if my dog ran off, I'm not going to ask a child to help me. No, the first thing <laughs> I'm going to do is, hey, where's your mom? Where's right. your dad? I need some help. I need an adult to help me. I need an adult. <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, that is a really good way of putting it. You know, I have three nieces. They're all pretty young. I get, I'm so anxious for them to be growing up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to, I am your true crime auntie that is going to be really paranoid on your behalf. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to be paranoid on your behalf and I'm going to be scared for you no matter where you go. <laughs> Right, yeah. Please be tall, please be strong. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was reading a story the other day and it was it was a joking story that somebody had posted um, a snapshot a you know, supposed screenshot of a post on like Craigslist or something like that, some type of form 
forum post and it was um hey my son asked me if it was okay if he drank wine with us at dinner he's 12 years old and he said that when he went to his friend's house his friend's mom his friend's parents let him drink beer sometimes what the hell yeah and i and like and that was the like it goes it actually goes on the last sentence in it which is what everybody was focusing on the last sentence in the whole thing says he's uncircumcised if that if that makes any difference and i'm like no, what first of all, that's a piece of information I don't need to know about your 12-year-old son. But second of all, I'm concerned about the fact that your 12-year-old son is going over to his friend's house and his friend's parents are giving them alcohol. Like, I would be calling the cops. <laughs> yeah, like, right, that's where my at head At that exact is. moment. Not like, hey, he does it at his friend's house and he wants to know if it's okay if he does it over here. No, no, no. <laughs> like, that is so... Yeah, but like that's but there's a, but there's a lot of parents that think like that because we are we are of the generation of parents who want to be friends with their kids, and unfortunately, very true. Parents yeah. are parents. There's a fine line between I need to be your parent and I can be your friend. You can be your friend. You can you can be your kids' friends when your kids are 25. At right. that point, yep. you can be their friend. Before that, you need to be their parent. <laughs> like, yeah. Suck it out. I I think. I think because of, uh, like, you know, forensics and DNA advancements and um, just how our current generation are the helicopter parents, mm-hmm. I think then uh, as we go on, I think there's going to be less and less serial killers. I think they're going to, like, stop being a thing eventually. Um, other than very specific certain, like, long-haul truckers. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know? It's getting harder and harder to be a serial killer. You know, that's why there were so many in the 70s, because they didn't have DNA. Now they're, like, all getting caught. (laughs) Yeah, they are all getting caught. But I also think that um, it's a little bit of both, because a lot of the trigger trigger things for, for, like, we all know, you know, they fell and they hit their head. And that's why they're a serial killer. But a lot of the tri- right. a lot of the triggers are related to their parents and specifically their mom. Um, but it's one of those things too where now you have a case of where instead of having the, a neglectful mother that could possibly be the trigger, you have a mother that is so up your ass about everything that you just can't deal with it anymore. And you can't deal with the female you can't deal with females because it just reminds me of, of your mother and you know, it's just this whole and it's so it's I think it swings in an entirely different direction now. So instead of it being neglectful, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, I was going to say it's a Norman Bates thing, but that was kind of a neglectful <laughs> whore of a mother. <laughs> That's true. That's a whore of a mother. Um, but I don't know, I just, I, I, I uh, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, I, uh, I don't have to be in bed anytime soon tonight. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch that. <laughs> Uh, Summer of 84? Yeah, it's like, I was going to go play video games when we were done, but mm, maybe I'll go watch Summer of 84. I might have to as well. Um, you know, I also heard a theory that uh, a lot of the, you know, serial killers of the 70s and 80s were people that had fathers that were World War II vets that were really screwed up and became alcoholics mm-hmm. and became abusive. So that's another thing. It's like, with the rise of uh, pharmaceuticals and like mm-hmm. the things we know about like PTSD and other sorts of uh, mental illnesses, I think that uh, it's going to stop a lot of people from becoming the violent person they might have been, uh, you know, 40 years ago. And I also think too, that if we, this is going to go into the whole mental illness stigma thing, but if we, uh, if we stop 
stigmatizing it and actually treat it as a disease and as an actual disease of the brain, which it has been scientifically proven that people who are to have a diagnosed mental illness actually have issues in their physical muscle musculature of their brain. Um, if we treat that as opposed to stigmatizing it, maybe we will be able to prevent things like serial killers and rapists and things like that because you're figuring out what the problem is and fixing it as opposed to just being like, there's no problem here. I see nothing. What are you talking about? Exactly. No, I, I totally think it. I mean, 2018 was such an awesome year for solving old cold cases. I know. It was mind-blowing. I, I, I was reading a list somebody compiled on the Reddit uh, Unsolved Mysteries mm -hmm. forum. And just for, like, the first half of the year, there was, like, seven or eight, like, really well-known things that were solved. And I think it's just going to keep continuing on and on and on to the point where, like, you know, it's going to be really hard to get away with things. Yeah. All right, now that we've gone anyway. on and on and on... <laughs> Do you have any more movies you want to talk about? I do, but I'm not going to go too in-depth. Oh. Uh, Mom and Dad. Oh my god, I loved that movie. <laughs> I I don't know if I'd classify it as a horror movie, but yeah. I saw a lot of people calling it a horror movie. It was so much thriller. fun. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a home invasion movie, kind of, sort of. It's, we'll say it's like, it's got a little bit of home invasion, a little bit of... Um, like a little bit of your next, a little bit of body snatchers, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of Nick Cage just going crazy. Always makes it was kind of like the happening, except wanting to kill yourself, mm. you want to kill your kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I it was so much fun. Oh my god, it was like I was like laughing throughout it. There were a few parts that were so or a little too like dark. I was like, oh, but. For the most part, Nick Cage was so fucking Nick Cage in it. It was like his Nicholas Cageiest movie ever. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, same thing with Mandy. And it, 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 literally, they just need to hand him a script that gives a general outline of the plot points that his character needs to hit in every scene. Mm -hmm. And then just say, yeah. and now be Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can be anywhere similar to your character from Face Off, do that. Just do that. <laughs> do that. And I love the crazy eyes. Like, that's my one thing with Nicolas Cage is once he gets those Nick Cage crazy eyes going, I'm like, yep, oh, we're in for a good ride here, guys. <laughs> I know. In. When the when the uh, grandparents show up, that was the best. Oh it was God, so was much fun. I was like, oh, shit. And the fact that the grandfather's freaking Lance Hendrickson, that made my day right there. I know. Oh, oh my God. He's like, horror king, horror king. Oh, that was such a good movie. And it was one of those... Everybody kept talking about it, and I'm like, I really need to see this movie. I really have to, like, sit down and watch it. And I flipped it on one day, and I was just like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Do you have any others you wanted to mention? Um, I just wanted to mention Hellfest. Um, it is, oh, I haven't seen that yet. I, I've been I, wanting to see it. <laughs> I've caught <laughs> clips on YouTube. I haven't watched the whole thing from beginning to end. But, again, a lot of my friends that have seen it, that, that really like horror, said that it was kind of a Final Destination-y slasher type of film, and huh. everybody loved it. So it was one of those, again, just like Hereditary, everybody was talking about it, everybody loved it, but I, I missed it when it was in the theater, so now I'm just kind of waiting for it to come out again, um, so I can catch it on. It might be on Prime, I'll have to double check, but it just, 
everybody complains and bitches that there's never a slasher in the theater and that we need to have slashers again and we need to go back to the you know golden age of the slashers from the 80s and then they put out a slasher at Hellfest and nobody fucking goes to see it yeah <laughs> so i mean it got great reviews even from like normal you know everyday reviewers that tend to hate horror movies even they said it was actually a pretty pretty decent movie so Mm-hmm. <laughs> and normally I don't listen to them because normally they're just assholes. But <laughs> they yeah, kinda, kinda especially in it. regards to horror. Yeah. So it's like um, there was another movie that came out that was very similar, mm-hmm. and it was called Bloodfest. Did you see that? No. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't a masterpiece, but mm-hmm. it was a pretty similar premise. Uh, except it's like they go to this horror um gathering. Where there's all these, it's kind of like almost an amusement park type thing, but mm-hmm. it's basically like a big party. And, but they uh, get trapped in there, and it turns out that the guy, the guy's like, um, he's along the lines of like, I don't know, Joe Bob Briggs or something like that, but like <laughs> way, way showier. He's like really like, uh, you know, he thinks he's like the coolest guy ever, but he's actually doing it so that he can like kill all these people. And, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was kind of weird because they are, there's, like, different things set up that are related to, like, famous horror movies, but mm-hmm. they're all, like, super generic. Like, they don't actually mention any specific names, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was really fun, and I laughed a lot. And, uh, yeah, it was a random movie that came out that, nobody else seemed to have seen or heard of but I just came across it and uh it was definitely directed at people like us then yeah. <laughs> I was just reading the synopsis of it on um, IMDB and that just reading the synopsis makes me want to watch the movie and that's that's rare usually the synopsis makes me want to go I don't think I'm gonna like that I'm not gonna bother you should it, it also had pretty good reviews too mm. um it's on streaming somewhere I'll have to search on my Roku when I turn the TV on later. Definitely. Um, I'll just throw out a couple more names. Yeah, sure. Annihilation was amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to go in depth because I could probably discuss it for a really long time. <laughs> and then uh, Monster Party. Did you see that? No. What's that about? It, it's like a reverse home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. It's where these... Uh, like these three teenagers go to be caterers at this super fancy house where they're having um like a fancy dinner party and uh it's like you know super rich people so they're gonna try to like rob them Mm -hmm. but the family like uh figures out they catch them doing it and like it turns out there's this like uh twist about the group of people having the party Mm -hmm. and they end up basically turning on the three caterers and trying to kill them. And it was a lot of... It was another movie that was just, like, fun. Huh. It was, uh... It kind of... Mostly, like... There was a couple recognizable actors, actresses, but mostly a bunch of unknowns. And it was another movie that just kind of went under the radar. Mm-hmm. I just... I came across it somewhere, and, um... Yeah, it was, like, pretty fun. There was, uh, some extreme violence, but, uh... You know, most of it was... A rollicking good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at this cast list, this cast list is pretty interesting. Um, Robin Tunney and Julian McMahon 
always good to watch them in anything. Oh, yeah, and- yeah. And it's got the guy from uh, The Wire. <laughs> and The Wire and The Guest. And The Guest. I was looking at it, I was like, Bill Engelvall's in it? Yeah, there is actually a lot of people in it. I couldn't That's think of the cast at all. Super weird. Yeah, it was fun. I totally recommend it. Hmm. I will have to. Th- Sometimes just looking at the cast of a movie, you just sit there and you go, okay, I guess I'll watch that. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> With those yeah. people that are in it, that could be an interesting movie. Julian McMahon is like not even recognizable in it. Uh, really? It was like pretty far into the movie before I figured out who he was. <laughs> yeah, those are all my movies for the year. It was a great year. I hope next year is just as good. I'm looking forward to quite a few things next year and it's um I was going through my list of things that I of like uh, I was actually making a list for once of things that I'm like I am seeing this in the theater and I I was kind of excited. So I want to Yeah, yeah. Chat There's about a those couple <laughs> We will, we will. We'll do that in another couple weeks, because I gotta, I gotta look more. There's, like, three or four that are obvious, but, um, I know that there's more. Oh, yeah. Um, just real quick, one movie that I completely forgot about was, um, Bad Samaritan, and... Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It's a very, it's, it's a very tropey movie, and, um, I didn't like it as much as I thought I was gonna like it, but David Tennant as anything bad and anything evil is amazing. And yeah, yeah. he he plays a bad guy so well and it it always just makes me go I I don't understand like how can you be Doctor Who and be this amazing guy? And I know. Oh my god, there's fireworks going on outside and they just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's sleeting rain right now, so I don't know why people are setting up fireworks, but anyway. Um, it's kind of early. I know, right? <laughs> like those are the those are the people who want to go to bed soon. Um, That's true. But I just I thought that the the plot was kind of kind of cool, and I I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's it's done, it's been done. Um, but I I also because you know it's basically these guys want to steal from him because he's a richy rich guy and he's kind of an asshole. So they decide they're just gonna use his GPS to go back to his house and steal from him. And they find a girl locked up in a room, and mm-hmm. they're like. Do we save her? Do we, we have to, I have to, like, the guys are, um, uh, valet guys. So it's like, do I save this woman? And then he knows that we've been here. Or do I bring his car back because he's, you know, about ready to come pick up his car. So it's like this whole moral dilemma of I'm a bad guy, but I found a guy who's even badder. (laughs) What do I do now? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like this guy's worse than me. Like, what do I do now? So, and again, it's David Tennant. I, I will pretty much watch anything he's in He's in as well, just because I'm a huge Doctor Who nerd, and he was and he was amazing in that. But the more that I keep seeing him in things where he's a bad guy, the more I'm mm-hmm. like, I'll keep my Doctor Who as, this is the nice, sweet David Tennant, but I want you as a bad guy. <laughs> like, be more of a he bad is, guy. <laughs> he's hot. I love oh, him. Oh, yeah. Um, that, it's weird because when that came out, it's actually, like, almost the exact plot of another movie I watched this year called, uh, Crush the Skull. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like these guys are breaking into this guy's house to rob them, or to rob him. Um, and then they find that he's actually, like, a murderer. And it's like, yeah, very similar plot. So I never got around to watching it because I was like, eh, I just watched a movie just like that. But I'll probably give it a shot. 
I'll just watch it for him. And it's so funny because my yeah. list of, when I was looking up, like, lists of things that came out in 2018, the house with a clock in its walls is listed as a horror movie. I know. I saw like, that, too. I'm like, It's what? not not even close. I mean, it does have some creepy scenes in it, but it, nothing that's, like, like it's it's definitely a kid's movie, like, what right. talking about. But, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely movies that I, I that are, like, on this list that, like, The First Purge, I still want to see that. Truth or Dare, I still want to see. Strangers Pray at Night. You know, the nun can go die a quiet death over in the corner. Uh, Truth or Dare was terrible. Strangers I, Pray at Night had one incredible scene mm-hmm. and the rest was terrible. <laughs> the First Purge was, like, exactly what you might expect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, it's one of those with the Purge movies. I've, it's kind of like with the Saw movies. I've already settled in this far into the series. I might as well keep going. Um, yeah, exactly. That's how yeah. I feel. And Truth or Dare, as much as it, I knew, I knew it was going to be a bad movie just from watching the previews. But it, and as much as it was going to be a bad movie, it's got um, Arya from Pretty Little Liars in it, and I love her, so I will I'll watch it anyway, even with her in it, um, just because she's in it basically. But there, and it just seemed like the Wannaverse just had like a really poor showing this year. They tend to have had a poor yeah. showing anyway the past couple of years, but this year just seemed to be like really bad. <laughs> So I'm of, not a fan of his, like, at all. Like, I think I've seen, like, two of his movies. It's funny, because the very first movies that he's done, like, when he did Saw, Saw was great. When he did yeah. the first Insidious, that was really cool. When we when we did the first, what was it called? When he did the first Conjuring. Conjuring that was really cool. The progressive yeah. sequels... I've they just, get worse and worse. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we don't need these. Like, there's no... Like, The Nun sucked. It made. I, no that's money, what I've heard. <laughs> but there's a sequel coming out next year. I know. I I I don't ever watch those kinds of movies that are like. Obviously, they have total disdain for the genre. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to fucking get as much money as they can, and they know you're going to pay to see it. Yeah, like I went to go see Unfriended Dark Web in the theater because it was supposed to have two different endings. So, depending on what theater you went to depended on what ending you got or what showing at what theater you went to depended on on what you got so i kind of wanted to see that was a good you know a good trick to get me in to go see it but i obviously went like on the cheap day paid five dollars for my ticket and it wasn't a good movie and it wasn't no it was terrible terrible and it wasn't (laughs) um it wasn't worth for just the trick when honestly i should have just usually do and just watched it on youtube I've been done with it. <laughs> but It was even worse considering that another movie came out this year doing the exact same thing, infinitely better, which was searching. That was my thing. Is I saw a preview for that movie on Unfriended, and I was like, <laughs> um, are you copying Unfriended? Or, like, I was, I was at the point where I was like, I'm kind of sick of this viewing everything through a Skype screen video thing. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm, we don't need this to be a thing. Like, we've already had found footage, and this is, like, the new version of found footage, and I'm okay with I don't need that anymore. I'm fine. Make a, make a different movie. Me, Searching but... was the best possible outcome yeah. of that type of movie. Yeah, but I was just uh, like, oh, yeah. come on. Did you, you not see it yet? I ha- I haven't seen it yet, and it was... Um... Oh, it's so good. It It's a mystery. You get really sucked in. I forgot about the premise because I was just sucked into what was happening. You know what I mean? And, like, that's what everybody said. Is And literally, when I saw the preview for it on Unfriended, I was like, this could either go one of two ways. It's either going to do it much better because it's got a much better plot, or it's going to be just as bad as all of these Unfriended movies. And every review that I heard on it was that it was much better. Not... 
It wasn't amazing, but it did it much better. It has like a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It is, uh, I just, I loved it. The main guy, it's a father-daughter uh, type of movie where, you know, he's, his daughter has disappeared. He loves her, but they're not as close as they used to be. And there's all this uh, emotional kind of backstory, but it totally worked. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's definitely not a horror movie, so I didn't even mention it, but I'm mentioning it now because it's a mystery and it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add it to my list. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's it for me for the year. Yeah. I mean, there are many more I could mention. It was a good year. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a good year. And, and I, I, like you said, I really hope going forward, we're, we're like smack in this like high point of, of a horror renaissance right now. And we can either keep riding this wave and keep making it good, or it could just crash and burn. And we could go back right. to the dark times <laughs> where you couldn't yep. find a horror movie to save your life. Um, I know. So, oh my God. Yeah. Like, Since like 2008 or nine, it's been so good. Yeah. And it's like um, we had that like dark moment of when the nineties horror movies kind of fizzled out and nobody had oh any God. good ideas in those mid to like, <laughs> early two thousands. And then all of a sudden in 2008, it was like, and we're figured out what we need to do now. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you just keep going. Which is a segue, a brilliant segue, to our next episode is going to be our top eight favorite movies from the last eight years during this wonderful horror renaissance. And let me tell you, it was hard to narrow it down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have, like, as just as many alternates as I have, you know, top eight. <laughs> I have a lot of, oh, crap, that came out in 2017, but it was actually released in 2018. But wait, <laughs> what year does this go in? What do you mean? I, I didn't even do it like one for each year. I just did it. I was just, you know, I went through every year and I was just kind of like, oh, I want to see, you know, what, because I couldn't remember what came out in the last 10 years. So I was just kind of like going over the last, like, oh, what came out this year? What came out that year? And I was writing down like, oh, these are my favorite movies of those years. And then there were some movies like Cabin in the Woods is actually listed as 2011, but it actually came out in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. So I was um, like. Yeah, it's kind of weird because, (laughs) like, the loved ones, I couldn't figure out if it came out in 2009 or 2010, Mm. so I ended up not including it, but I was like, huh, it's kind of weird that that it's kind of, nobody knows. (laughs) I know. Well, I kind of went with its release, actual theatrical release date, so if it got a theatrical release date, I went with that. So, like, with the loved ones, I would have gone with whenever, whenever it got released in Australia and been done with it. I have no idea. <laughs> like I think I did that. I don't need to <laughs> add it because uh, you know, there's already enough. I know, right? And I keep looking at my list and I'm like, oh, should I take that one off? <laughs> I know. I've shuffled mine around like a couple times. And I have like I have like six or seven for like every year. And that's why I broke it down by year because I was like, there's so many Oh yeah. Totally. So we would like to hear from you uh, 50 listeners uh, what your favorite movies of the year were, what did you hate, and uh, if you'd like to tell us what your favorite eight movies of the last eight years were, we'd like that too. Thank you for listening to this incredibly long and incredibly tangent-filled episode (laughs) for New Year's Eve. (laughs) Happy New Year to everybody. Um, Don't drink and drive. Yes, don't drink and drive, guys. Be safe on New Year's. Call AAA and don't do tipsy toe. Don't wake up your uh, neighbors with fireworks. (laughs) I didn't know what it was when it went off. And then I looked at my window and I was like, what's that bright light? (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, it is a holiday. <laughs> Who the hell is that? Yeah. All right. Well, All right, thank you guys for listening. We will see you someday. <laughs> we'll see you next time. All righty. <laughs> get our shit together. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>